Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the A Beautiful Beginning Podcast. This is your host, Shakia, and I'm coming in with another recording. So, um, it's a morning chit-chat. Hopefully, it won't be too long because Lord knows I don't have time. I got to go wash all the comforters and freshen up everybody. Um, stuff. Well, the twins have new linen on their bed, but I need to wash mine and get my room looking like a human lives in there again. So, um, what I wanted to come in today, so this morning I was sitting here having my coffee and eat my little quiche, and um, I was listening to the Sean Croxton podcast, like the daily, you know, motivational um, speeches like the, that he has, and so the speaker for today was Lisa Nichols. And I wanted to share because on this podcast, I talk about the light that shines within a lot. And I talk about not allowing the world or anyone, um, even yourself, your circumstances to dim your light. And so it was so amazing because she talked about that today. And I have been dealing with the fact that my light has been dim. And I have allowed others and situations to truly dim my light. And I realize I just cannot allow it. So when she was, you know, talking and her topic was about that shining of that light, a lot of it was about just showing yourself how to love yourself. You know, you got to give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You got to love yourself. And when we love ourselves, we benefit wholeheartedly. You know, a lot of times what you have going on on the exterior, maybe in your job, your marriage, your issue with your children, or just could be a community issue, could be a neighborhood issue. It could be a racial issue. It could be a um, issue within your group of friends or family. What you have to do is remember that whatever is going on there does not define you. And you have to learn to love yourself past your pains. Because there are a lot of days that I get up and I'm thinking, I thought it was going to be a good day, but I got my behind handed to me. It could be work. It could be school. It could be dealing with children. It could be multiple things. But at the end of the day, I just think God, I just think to myself and I thank God that I got through the day. And that's what a lot of us have been kind of taught to do you know just thank god you got through the day but you always have to remind yourself too like don't allow the negativity that you may encounter throughout the day to ruin your day and what i learned is that if i have a good mindset starting off i a lot of times go in and I, i might have a whole lot of stuff going on it might be 50 million things going on that day but i noticed that in that time or during that time of like chaos um I remain calm and I get things done and we get through the day without a lot of incidents or um and everybody's safe patients are safe I'm safe the staff is safe safe and we go home and we come back and start another day but I've learned that if I'm really anxious, if I'm really upset, it's like it's not helping anything and it's not helping anybody. And so I have to remain calm under pressure. 
And I've learned to do that throughout my career, throughout my life, is to just try to stay cool as a cucumber, regardless of what's happening. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that my antennas are not up and going off. But I have learned over time to cool down and to just let things go. Now, over the past like four, I would say four or five days, I've been way more anxious and way more just irritated. And I realized that it's because it's it's really, like I said, it's time for me to make a move and do more things that I truly need to do and I want to do. And it's important that I don't hold myself back from doing that. But aside from that, it is because I have um, I have allowed myself to lose my cool a lot. Like I've gotten upset at work. I curse. I fuss and cuss 50 million times over what I should. Excuse me. And it is because I've allowed that situation to dim my light. And one of the things she said is that you don't stop loving yourself. You don't stop showing up for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And one thing that I've learned is that I don't show up for me like I should. I don't plan for the things that I really want to do. I don't make sure that I look out for me. Now, I'm going to be honest. Being a single mom, it's difficult sometimes to just look out for you. Because you have children to look out for. You have bills to pay, a house to take care of. You know, and it's, it seems like it's easy. It's time to stand up and stretch. This series, y'all. No, that's Google. I'm talking about Siri. That's Google. So needless to say, it's hard because it's a lot. It's a lot to do because you really do have a lot on your plate. But I have learned that if I remain confident and if I remain calm about whatever the task is, I tend to get it done regardless of what hell I have to encounter. Like school is no easy feat by any means. But because I utilized whatever resources I could, there were people that actually sat down and helped me, like better understand stuff because I was just kind of like lost in certain subject areas. And I just, to me, honestly took care of myself mentally, physically. Like I, I knew that I was going to be stressed and I'm going to be 100. I knew from the beginning that school was going to be stressful. I am not going to sit here and try to act like I'm a doggone superwoman. I knew it was going to be stressful. And I remember giving myself grace, like really giving myself grace. And then I said, okay, little by little, start improving things, work out, walk, because walking improves your health. It improves your cardiovascular health. Okay, but it also helps de-stress. It helps you decompress. And it does. Like I literally, whenever I would work out or just do a little aerobic something, I felt better. I got up this morning, turned on some music. Of course, I had to turn on Beyonce's um, Renaissance Tour, her list from the tour. And I danced, danced, danced. Uh, one of the twins, Pam was in there cooking her own pancakes and all, watching me, doing her own thing. And I realized, like, I have been doing good because she did not bother me. She cleaned up behind herself and put stuff right on back up and went on back upstairs after she finished eating. And I was down here getting my workout in, listening to my podcast, and I felt better. When I started the day, I wasn't sure where, I, where my day was going to go. I wasn't because I was like, you know, some days things are good. 
and I'm good. But some days, and I've noticed this for like the past, I would say about month or so. Um, I would say since July, I had been more grumpy. And I think it was after the issues with my job. It was after a lot of different changes with them. Just deciding to do a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense. But at the same time, it takes a huge effect on, you know, the staff. And so I was just like not pleased with a lot of decisions that upper management made because it it affects us directly. And um, a lot of times upper management doesn't think about a lot of stuff like that and how it's going to affect patient care, how it affects everyone else. You know, they're just looking at the dollar signs, you know, they're looking at the bottom dollar and that's about it. But anyway, for the past, I would say month or so, I was irritated about it. I would say since July, I've been irritated. And everything just kind of came to a boiling point this past week, like within the last week. And then I realized that there is nothing wrong with me having good partnerships with people. Um, Yesterday when I was up and I was, I watched my church virtually, our pastor said that. Because initially, I was supposed to go to church. I was getting ready to get up and go. And I said, I don't want to go. I got angry. I got irritated again. I didn't want to be around people. And I realized that that was was definitely a ploy of the enemy. um, Because to keep me by myself and keep me in a place where I'm not able to, like, really gain any knowledge any wisdom and have anything to help fuel me to get me through the week um or these like very troubling times um it's something that I have to like be aware like don't don't allow that so I thought about it and I said you know what if I feel that bad and I feel that way and I have had so much like um opposition to even going to church, it must be a word for me. And so I got up and I listened. I went online and watched my church online. And I was happy that I honestly did because there was definitely a word for me. Um, And I realized that I've been angry. And I've been angry about church people. I've been angry about people in general because I get sick and tired of people with their opinions. And so I thought I would come in and talk about that because I was thinking about like building a better tribe um, of people that are in my midst. Like I was talking about low hanging fruit and just really being choosy about who you let in um, and in your circle. Because one thing that I have learned just from traumatic, you know, like relationships is that I realized that I did not know. And I don't and still, you know, needing to get that foundation, which is where I need to go back to counseling and get better understanding, better grounding with this. I don't know how to build good friendships with people, because a lot of times the people that have been like in my inner circle, whether that's family or friends, are overly judgmental. Like, I mean always assuming something, always having an opinion about something, always feel, always feeling that, oh, this is what I felt was best for your life. Oh, this is what I was praying for. I was thinking this would probably be better, but they don't really have a good clue about who I am, what I really honestly am um, concerned about. Not at all. 
And as much as I say this, there is going to be someone who listens to this, who feels like they know me better than God knows me. And they know me better than I know me. And ultimately, that's where there's an issue. And so what I've learned is I need a tribe of people that I don't feel uncomfortable opening up to. That I need a tribe of people that I can be vulnerable with. I can let my guard down and not feel a certain way like I'm going to be attacked. And I don't feel that way. I don't. I don't feel that way. Like, to be honest, like my best friend and I have been friends since undergrad. And we fuss and go back and forth with each other. And we're open and honest with each other about a lot of things. I'm more open with him than I am with anybody, even my mama. I don't talk to my mama about a lot of things um, that I would talk to him about. Because there's that fear of being judged. There's that fear of, oh, I think this is better than that. Or I feel like this should be done instead of that. And I ultimately want to feel comfortable with people in my inner circle allowing me to be me. Regardless of whether they agree or not, they allow me to be me. You know, like, I always chumped it up to what was on the surface, meaning... If I'm the only person in the room that decided to wear heels and decided to dress to the T, then let me be. Let me be. Let me be me. You know, don't don't go on about it. I don't see the purpose in that. I don't even like stuff like that. Who cares? Allow that person to be who they, you know, who they are. And so growing up, I never felt like I was allowed to be myself. And if I pushed to do what I wanted to do and be who I wanted to be, it came with a lot of opposition, okay? It came with a lot of, you know, things that were said that were not nice. That's all I can say. Like, you get a lot of opinions thrown at you, a lot of assumptions from people. And I realized that a lot of times they miss out on the blessing of me. Because truthfully, I really don't care about what you have wrong. I really don't. I just like when people are free to be who they are and they're their own authentic self. Because then I just seem to vibe with them way better. And it's like, you know, you can be in your space and you can be doing what you're doing best in life. And I could be in my space. And I can be doing what I do best in life. Like, I met this one, um, one of my friends, Charlene. We met on a app. It was like a friend side of a dating app. Because dating was just not my biggest concern. But I was more into wanting to meet, like, a tribe of women, like myself, who was moving forward. Like, like-minded moving forward. And so, it was kind of weird. But I saw it advertised like on Instagram and stuff. And I thought, oh, this is kind of weird. But it's kind of different making friends when you're an adult. Because at that particular time, I wasn't working in an office. I was working from home. And so I tend, I, I a lot of times tended to meet people just that, that was in my like group. Like when I was in college, a lot of people in my circle were people who were nurses in the nurses, um, nursing program. Um... You know, it's, it's, it was not a whole lot of, like, I knew people outside of nursing. I knew a lot of people outside of nursing. 
But the people that I was around way more was people that were in the nursing program. And so I thought about that. And then I thought about from like from grade school to like high school, I only had one best friend and I knew a lot of other people, but I never had like strong relationships with those people. Nobody else. And the only person that I had the strongest relationship with, I realized like after we graduated from college and we're starting our careers, that that person was never a friend. You know, like that person only wanted to see faults. They they only wanted to see failures. And I realized like this girl don't even want to see me win. And so I had this mindset in my head that as a black woman who was more progressive, who was moving forward, that as black women, we celebrate each other. I don't give two Fs if, and I'm trying to stop cursing as much. I don't give two Fs if you got the nice condo, the nice bins and everything else. I want you to clap. I'm going to clap for you. I'm going to be excited for you. But please, my dear, please, my dear, when I'm able to move forward and obtain a nice place to stay, a nice ride, and I'm getting paid, I want you to clap for me because I want you to know that you've been there with me when I didn't have it. And you saw me celebrate you. And so there should be nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? With you celebrating me. And I was like, girl, I ain't got time for this. (laughs) So... Shortly after that, I was like, that was the only long-lasting friendship I'd had from being a kid on through. And I realized, like, that's not really, it wasn't even real. Like, who in the world wastes that much time just so they can literally hate on the person that that they know, like, I'm going to always cheer for you. It was just crazy to me because I was like, at a place where I was like, I I really wonder with some people, because like I said, you're going to miss out on the gift of me. Like, I'm always cheer for you. I'm always be in your corner. Be like, girl, you did good. You look good. Like, that's just me. Because if you do look good, I'm going to tell you. And if if it was, if if you sounded good on stage, if the outfit looks good, I'm going to say it. If I'm truly proud of you, I'm going to be proud of you. If the car is nice and I'm like, girl, that is nice. I love that. I'm so proud of you. I saw your story. I'm so inspired by it because I know your story and I know where you started. But that doesn't mean that it cuts off and you can't be there for me and that you feel because you're there that I shouldn't be able to attain anything. And so that's where it was just like this huge shift. And so here I am in my 20s trying to define for myself what friendship looked like to me. And so I wasn't sure. I just knew I needed to be with people who would celebrate it, would celebrate me just as much as I would celebrate them. Because like I've said before, like, that's just who I am. Like, I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to be in your corner like that. So I expect that you show up for me. And what I found is that it does not always happen. It doesn't. There are times where I was really disappointed that people just did not show up like I thought they would. Um, And it's just, I don't know. I, I was just wondering, like, why do I keep 
attracting the same type people instead of attracting people who are more genuine and who don't have who are more um self-secure and that's the main thing when she was when I was listening to Lisa Nichols this morning when you like come in contact with somebody who truly loves themselves they don't have a problem loving on you they don't have a problem helping you they don't have a problem complimenting you because they truly love themselves. They love on themselves. They they take really good care of themselves. And when they do that and they're shining in their best light, they don't have any problem sharing that with you. And and sometimes it's it's just being in their presence that you can see it. That they're in a good place. And that, you know, I don't know. I just cannot explain it. But I just know that that's what I've always desired. To be in the company of someone who is not afraid to let their light shine. And who is not in the business of dimming others just to to keep their light shining. And what I've learned is that people who truly have that strong foundation in God and in self. You know, if that light truly shines and it's not dim. What I have learned is that person never wants to see your light dim. They never want to take away anything that God has given to you. They never want to do that. And a lot of times it is because they know what it's like to struggle. They know what it's like to have, you know, not the exact same struggles or the exact same traumas, but they've seen you overcome They know what it's like on their own personal end, but they've seen you go from point A to point B. So they have no problem supporting you or cheering for you. And I've learned that that is something that I truly desire in adulthood. And not just in friendships, but in relationship. Like me being the best of who I am does not take away from who you are as a man. I have dated guys who are so irritated by the fact that I made a certain amount of money. And I thought it was the craziest thing because to me, what the heck does that have to do with you? Like, you are you. You're a man. You're a man. That says a lot in itself. And me being who I am in my own purpose over here, doing my own thing, it does not take away from you. It adds, but it does not take away. And it has been so frustrating because I've been on this life journey, as y'all can see, like on my podcast from beginning to um, to now to where I was crying and fighting to even just get through grad school. And I cried and prayed and and really pushed to get to the place where I am now. And then I couldn't even understand for like, like I said, for the past two months, why I was so irritated. Like, girl, you just passed boards first and foremost. Okay, you had to sit out for the longest because you couldn't get a preceptor with the pandemic. Finally, get a preceptor. You got to drive an hour here, you know, 45 minutes there. And then ultimately two hours over two hours to and fro for a clinical rotation. And that particular time I kept Beyonce when Renaissance came out. That's why I was so disappointed I didn't get I'm not gonna go to her um concert because that album I kept on repeat, 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 to and fro. 
because it was like it was lively it was the dance parties like kind of like feel but it was like feel good music you know I love feel good music and it really really got me into a good place and so I was so excited and I would like get in my car get my coffee and I was room I was gone and by the time I looked I was in you know Walterboro like whoo child how did I get here I must have floated but (laughs) I was there and it it definitely got me to and fro. But I say that to say that, to say this, like I could not understand recently, like I said, for the past like couple of days, why I was so upset because I have so much to thank God for. I have so much to be um, proud of myself for. And I realized that the negativity that I was experiencing was within. That I was literally mad at myself because, of course, I've gained weight. Of course, things are not financially where I plan for them to be. And I don't like for something to not go as planned. I am very type A. If you don't know, I am very type A. And please don't come for me because all of us have issues. And this is something that I know. I'm not sitting here trying to, you know pull it out my behind and act like I don't know that this is a huge issue for me. I know this because type A people tend to be more like perfectionists. And so we like for things to be straight in line. And when things get out of line and things have gotten way out of line. And so I get real irritated because I'm like, why didn't I make sure my saving stayed here? And why did I, I gain this much weight again? And what about this and that? And it's like, wait a second. For all the things that did not go right, look at what did. Like, I'm sorry, but you got a lot on your plate, mama. And look at what did go right. And so I have to remind myself of that quite often. That regardless of what did not go right, look at what did. And with that, I listened to what Lisa Nichols was saying and I realized something. I have to be my own cheerleader first. In order to attract that type of energy into my life, I have to be the support for myself that I want to see in my life. I have to love on myself. I have to forgive myself. And I have to give myself grace. Because if I beat myself up for every single little thing that does not go right, and I take every little negativity to heart, then I'm not... How how am I attracting good things into my life if I'm showing myself that that type of behavior is acceptable? That is why those type people keep showing up. Because I'm not being a good person to myself. And I'm beating myself up for things that, sure, it happened, but what did not? (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of different things that could have happened in the negative that you have been fighting you know, past. You have been fighting through. You've been getting to this place and that place and you've been doing what you need to do. And I've been like reminding myself like, hey, do what it is that's best for you. Do what it is that's best for you. And I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about being in this place because it allows me to give my own self grace. It allows me to pat my own self on the back. It allows me to do more on a self-care day than just take a nice shower and use 
good products and make sure my nails and my feet are done. It allows me on a self-care day to pray when I need to pray. To let go of what I need to let go of. To truly meditate and just take time to have that moment of silence. And when I need time alone, to get that time alone. And when I want to go and just hang out and have fun, take that time and do it. And I'm not giving no explanations as to why. I'm not explaining to anybody why I decided I ain't going to this. I'm going to take some time for myself. It ain't none of your business. I'm taking care of me. And I need to let myself, I need to let myself off the hook with, oh, well, the kids probably want to go and do this and that. I ain't going to say F them kids, (laughs) like on these memes on TikTok and Instagram. But what I am going to say is Pam and Peyton don't miss nothing. And I do the utmost. I do as much as I humanly possibly can. But I have to take care of me. I cannot pour from an empty cup. And if I don't allow myself to have time to re, you know, refuel and get myself together, then I'm not going to be able to be good for them. And I could care less who opinion, who has what opinion. Because please believe there's always opinions about what you should be doing, what should be done, how it should be. And what I've learned is that at this point in my life, and I don't know, maybe it's because I just turned 41. I'm in having um, what I feel could be like the beginning of premenopausal symptoms. Maybe it's just I'm in that mode where it's like I really could give. I could really not give any darns. Okay. I'm trying hard with no cursing. I cannot give any darns, okay? Because I am at a place where I don't care. I really don't care. I don't care. Like, worry about your own life. Worry about your own soul salvation. Stop running to tell somebody who they are not and what they should be doing. And this is what I feel. Mind your business. Live your own life. Tend to your own. And allow people to be the best version of themselves and I feel that the only way that I'm going to be able to be the best version of myself is if I protect myself and my own energy that I do not allow my light to dim that I don't take in all the negativity and allow it to ruin what God has placed inside of me There are a lot of people who I know are in school that I work with, okay? And a lot of times, I would just sit and talk to them about what nursing means to me. I talk to them about how they can make money, different jobs, different things, how to study, different um, platforms that can help them, or writing their papers, studying, everything, Um, preparing for tests, um strong advocate of no no gatekeeping i'm a strong advocate of that so whatever resources i can give so that you can be better i'm going to give it and so i realized that because that is who i am to the core i deserve that plus more so i don't need to associate with people who are closed off 
whenever I have a question about something, it's, I don't know about that. I don't know. But they got 50 million questions for you. Want to know everything about your life, what you got going on, all this, this, and that. And I realized that, you know what? I need to stop being such an open book. I need to close myself off. I have to. Like, at this point, the book needs to be closed. There's nothing else that I need to say. Like, I help as much as I possibly can with people. But I also have to be weary of who I'm allowing I'm allowing in my circle because everybody doesn't deserve to be there. And I have to be careful that it's people that are like-minded because I'm going to tell you something. If you're not good to yourself, meaning you allow people who feel like it's okay to treat you however they want to treat you in your circle, you're not being good to yourself. You're not being good to yourself. And like I said, I learned that lesson in my 20s, early 20s, when I, like I said, got out of school, had the same friend from like pre-K all the way through high school. And I realized this person does not serve me very well because they don't celebrate me the way I celebrate them. And I remember one, not can't even get it out, specific incident. And it was after we graduated. And I remember us graduating. I was like, I can't believe it. We're college graduates. I was talking to her. I was so excited. You know, like, you know how, like, you you sometimes think about what it is you want to do. And you finally do it. And it's like, well, damn, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> you know, like, it has taken me the longest to realize I'm board certified. I'm a nurse, family nurse practitioner, board certified. And it's like, at that moment... You know, I'm just at that time thinking back to when I was in middle school and high school and I said I wanted to go to school and become a nurse and I actually did it and I could not believe it. Like what was ahead was NCLEX RN, but what was behind was four years of grit was like the time, the dedication to get through clinicals, through courses. And I'm telling you, it was not easy. And so what what bothered me was her reaction she said yeah um i'll probably get a corporate job um but i heard nurses get yelled at by doctors and i thought to myself now you might have thought that and it may have been what you were told but is that the appropriate response (laughs) Is that an appropriate response? Like, who does that? And I I just thought to myself then, even then I said, I just, it's just something about this. I just don't like it. And I continued to be friends with this person all the way through, finished, you know, past board, started my nurse career when I was working, everything. Every single comment from her was negative. It was never a congratulations, girl. We got to celebrate. You know, when you want to get together, go lunch or go do this and that. And I was thinking at this at this time in our lives, we're young. We both are doing well. We should be taking vacations, going to concerts, having brunch. Talking about, girl, let's meet up and go shopping. Let's go do this and that. And I'm like, this chick, every single time, 
could only find a snide remark or cutting comment. And I was just like, this just ain't it. (laughs) But I continued on. It wasn't until around this time of year, she had an end of summer con- uh, end of summer um, barbecues. I knew it was September. I can't remember if it was the beginning or end of September. And I drove to her city. I stayed in a hotel and I went to her barbecue at her home. She had just gotten a new house built. Um, and so I looked around and everything. And I, I realized when she came to see my house, she didn't even want to look around. She just sat there, came in and sat there. No congratulations. Let's go do this or that. Nothing. Let me see everything. None, none of that. Didn't even bring me anything. Like we have been friends since kindergarten, pre-K. And you didn't even come in with a car. No congratulations. No nothing. You just came in to look around. And that's it. So when I got to her house, I had, you know, bought something for the housewarming and stuff. And I was walking around. I was proud of her. And I thought to myself, I said, isn't this funny? What I can give, she cannot. And so needless to say, after I left her, her um, end of summer barbecue that day, I realized who that person really was to me. I was there and one of her sister's friends came up to me and was talking to me. And so the person was talking like real slow. Right. And so I think she was from Greenwood, South Carolina. And she was like, have you ever heard of Greenwood, South Carolina? And I'm looking at her like, is she slow or does she think I'm slow? Because clearly (laughs) something is wrong here. And so I was like, yeah, I work with a nurse from Greenwood. And so she was like, oh, you're a nurse? And so I'm looking at her like, bitch, don't. (laughs) Like, I'm thinking you might be a little slow or something. Maybe you don't think I have good hearing. But really, you don't know me. Why would you do that? And so I realized that this friend and her sister had put out this like, I don't know, this underlying thing that people from their hometown are a little bit slow. And I was this girl from her high school. And of course I was slow. Okay. Um, you know, everybody that goes to HBCU is slow. So I was like, Whoa, (laughs) like this is beyond. Okay. And so Needless to say, homegirl and I was just sitting having a conversation. She was telling me about her job. She's a pediatrician, which I thought was great because we needed more black female pediatricians. Was talking to her and everything. She was like, well, I know I definitely couldn't do my job without having a good nursing staff and this and that. And so we were talking. And so I was wondering why my so-called best friend at the time um, never introduced me to her new male best friend who was also in nursing. Now, I had been a nurse for quite a while at work and work critical care and everything. And this person was supposedly getting ready to come into the career. And I thought, it's strange. Why didn't she introduce me and tell him about, oh, Shaquille works as an RN. She's been one for X amount of years. She's working in this area. Never said it, never crossed girlfriend's mind, never introduced me as such. 
And so after that particular barbecue, I like during that time I met someone was um, a mutual friend. And so we found out we had a mutual friend um, from my HBCU, from my alma mater. And so that person and I continued to talk and we exchanged numbers and was talking and everything. And so that person was the person that that let me know that she basically had told everybody I was just some girl from her high school. And um, it wasn't the nicest thing because it, it made it seem like, you know what I'm saying? Like there was no connection, no nothing. And so needless to say, when I came back home and I got home, I said to myself, this has got to stop. Like these meaningless interactions with people where I'm thinking you're my best friend. We are ride or die. And and realistically, you don't even like me. Realistically, you won't even claim me. Realistically, you're not rooting for me. And I realized that. And I said, you know what? This is not what life is supposed to be to me. This is not what God would have for me. And I am definitely on a quest for more meaningful relationships. Because what I found is that a lot of times I let people overstay their welcome. And I've allowed that to happen multiple times. But when you allow that, it is a big indicator that you don't love yourself. Because you should not allow yourself to be in the company of people, to stay in places that don't serve you. Because you know, like, hey, this isn't going to work for you. Like, there are times when I would go into work and be so stressed out and all this, this, and that. And I thought, man, I would have rather gone to this or did this or that. Like, y'all know I'm pissed off still that I didn't get to go see Beyonce in Charlotte. Like, them people ain't going to get me to come in, change my schedule, or do nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Because nothing, okay? Bottom line. And so, needless to say, I was just like, okay, what, what, what has to give? After I listened to Lisa Nichols this morning, after I listened to my pastor yesterday, after I've just really kind of had that aha moment, like, what has to happen? Something, honestly, like Kira Shear, something has to break. Something definitely has to break. And I have to break that yoke of unhappiness. I have to break that yoke of being tied to people who are not, who do not have my best interest at heart. Like there is no way I am going to go on the next journey within my life, winning and doing what I need to do for myself. And you got people who are skeptical, people who are constantly looking down at you, feeling like, well, oh, I guess. Oh, what is it that you're doing? Uh, uh, what's that again? Yeah, you probably, um, I never heard of that. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. Mm-mm. I need more winter circle. I need more. You can do it. You got to push yourself. You know you can get this done. I believe in you. I need more of that. I need more. Let's go celebrate. Like, we about to go celebrate today. You know? Let's, let's, let's pop some champagne. Let's have a good time. Let's all celebrate all the good things that's happening in our lives. And that's where I am. And so I'm like, there should be no, nobody sitting in the corner mad if we're all in a good place and we're allowing our light to shine in the best way. 
Because truthfully, when we're good to ourselves and we've allowed God in, our foundation is strong. We have a good sense of self. That light shines. And like I said, what you don't realize is that that is God's intention. Why? Because when your light shines, there is always somebody who's sitting in the corner in the dark. There's always somebody who has been burdened down by life, by different situations and different circumstances that needs to see that, hey, you can make it. And it, it, it doesn't mean that it has to be an Instagram or a Facebook post or a TikTok. What it means is you just simply living your life and being the best at who you are. That is a strong indicator for somebody who has almost given up. Who has been at a place or at the point where they're like, I just can't do this anymore. That is the indicator to them that, hey, I need to push on. And so I say that to say to each and every one of you, I hope that this podcast has truly been a light for you. To see me from the very beginning when I started talking about going back to school, um, it was a dream (laughs) that had been very much so deferred. And I thought it had been denied. There have been multiple times I was fussing and mad and sad because I was denied so many opportunities to get preceptors. Oh my God, y'all. Getting through the pandemic and trying to get a preceptor, Lord help. It was hard. It was hard. And then... Working the weekend at a facility where everybody was starch racist. Like, I think I was one of the few black nurses that was staffed there. And I had the highest degree going back for my master's. And I was not liked. <laughs> I was not liked, honey. Okay. Because I'm, a, like I said, Taipei now. I want stuff to be done right. And I'm running around there doing my job. And these folks looking at me like, who she thinks she is? And so I was like, Lord, if you don't get this target off my back, honey, please get this target off my back. It was rough, but I can honestly say that God saw me through it all. And I am so glad that you are with me throughout that journey from the beginning to now. And I am so excited for what is to come. So I hope that you continue on this journey with me on this podcast I hope that is more to come in the future. But as always, I pray that all of y'all continue to let your, your light shine bright. Please do not allow people to dim your light. Do not allow the circumstances of this world or things that are going on in your life to dim it. Please remember that it's God's intention for us to all shine bright. Because you don't know just how much you could be a blessing to someone else, okay? Being a blessing to someone else, just see you in a good place, can inspire them to keep pushing forward so that they can be in a good place. And so with that, I pray that all of you are doing well. You have a great week and continue to shine bright.
everybody and welcome back to the A Beautiful Beginning Podcast. This is your host Shakia and I'm coming in with another recording. I'm hoping that this not this is not going to be too too long but I have so much to say about this y'all. Let's talk about this Shirley Strawberry thing with the phone calls from the jail and everything. Okay now on this platform I try not to get into celebrity gossip and stuff like that because it can go way left and it can be so negative but I had to talk about this because I feel like there's a huge lesson in this right so if you've been hiding under a rock just like I have been for quite a while and I'm just now coming out and getting caught up on some of the stuff that's going on in the news um celebrity news just in the news period so Shirley Strawberry's husband Ernesto or ex-husband Ernesto um I don't think I think she's filed for divorce but they're not divorced as of yet he was arrested um the whole details of the case I'm not 100% on I have not read every detail the day he got arrested the time none of that but I do know that as a result of this result as a result of this arrest this man is to have no contact with minors or pets now if that don't raise a red flag child i don't know what does you can't have contacts with minors so my thing is was this a child pornography thing was this one of those um is he a, a Chester Chester child molester type thing? What in the hell? You know what I'm saying? Does this man have going on? And then the thing about the animals, it's like, was he having sex with the animals? Or was he like Michael Vick harming animals? Like um, paying in dog fights or something like that. What was he, what was this man doing? This is, is a bit much. He's a whole con artist um undoubtedly he got a lot of issues with children and pets and here Shirley is calling him and this is where I have to pause now he was arrested at this time Shirley's still checking in calling him um I listened to the call and I felt like Shirley was like a lot of women um in a place where she may have not admitted on Steve Harvey that she was kind of desperate or lonely to have somebody in her life. Um, but when I listened to the phone call, I heard a woman that just was seeking answers. She was talking to this man. She was hurt. She was confused. And she's seeking answers. But I heard on the other end of that phone call, a straight narcissist. That man did not try to assure Shirley of anything. Um, he tried to push for questioning, try to talk about trash about uh, Steve and Marjorie. It's like what he tried to do was deflect from what really was going on. And he did not want to have anything, you know, said about his situation. He didn't want to admit to anything. He didn't because he knows he's wrong. He knows he's guilty. And he was basically just tiptoeing and tap dancing around the whole issue at, at hand. And so it kind of pissed me off because, you know, being a woman and being in relationships in the past with narcissists, I'm telling you, that person is never going to tell you what the truth is. And I felt bad for her in a sense that she's searching for something that she's not going to get. <laughs> and it, it is what it is. You might as well had had took all his stuff out your house, packed that mess up, and, and, and gave it to Goodwill, have a yard sale with his mess. I mean, I, at, at this point, 
you're not going to get the answers that you think you're going to get. I, I truly felt that Shirley was on the phone talking to this man, trying to um, get him to, to joke, to say things. This was not her just calling to talk trash. This was honestly this woman trying to gauge where he was and figure out if she could get more information about what was going on. She honestly thought this man was going to tell her the truth on a recorded line. Shirley, <sighs> you know, he wasn't going to tell no truths. And even in a face to face, um, where there were no cameras, no recording. He's not going to tell it the truth because he's a true narcissist and a true con artist. And so he was only using her for his own personal gain to be around certain people, to be in a certain light. And that's why he really wanted to be in her life the way he did. Now, this is where it gets to be a sticky issue because I personally am not married, have never been married. But I would have to say this, y'all. Remember, like, episodes and episodes ago. I think it was, like, maybe 10, 15 episodes ago. I talked about the Hinge um, situation where there was a lady who met this guy on Hinge. And they got married. But you could clearly see that she paid for every single thing. Right? And he was a deadbeat. This is where I have to say, y'all, it is not that important to be connected to somebody if the person is not who God intends for you. Please be careful. Don't be so desperate to just be with somebody for the sake of society saying that you have somebody and that that makes you look a certain way in society's eyes. Don't 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 attach yourself to somebody that has nothing that they can add to you. This man is truly taking from her. Think about what this woman has to lose. Shirley Strawberry has way more to lose than her ex, than this man, Ernesto. She has way more to lose than Ernesto. He's a con artist. He gonna do his time for his crime. When he get out, he gonna be back to his BS, basically, okay? He gonna be back to his bull, back on what he do, conning somebody else, okay? Because there's always gonna be a woman, because he's handsome, that's 100% gonna blame Shirley for every single ill he had in his life and is gonna take him in and be willing to take care of him. And here he'll go with the same BS again. But that's on that person. Shirley needs to try to at this point at this point right now pick up the pieces i mean me personally i would have already had a garage sale sold all his stuff um i would look at getting another place to stay because financially it's it's hurting her and that's where steve was saying you know when she said that steve had asked her did she need anything she said i didn't ask her for money or anything like that you know this is a lot She's still able to work, but this is a lot for this woman. So she may have to sell her home, sell a couple of her things. And this is all as a result of being attached to the wrong person. Being attached to the wrong person can cost you. Don't sit up here and just take that lightly. And I really feel like in a society that we're in, people would just hook up with whoever just to say it's somebody. Child, you oh, you're you're somebody by yourself. You're a whole human being with a purpose. 
in God's eye. You have your own divine purpose. Do not connect with people just to say you're with them. It's so sad because, like I said, this woman has a whole lot to lose. She has a lot to lose. And I feel bad for her because financially, that's a huge hit. And, you know, people wanting to distance themselves from her. You know, it's like, did she know? Like, how is she unaware? It's a lot for her. She will take some losses. She will definitely take some losses. She's been on the Steve Harvey morning show for 20 years. She was married, I think, what, three times prior to pro ball players or whatever, baseball, football. I remember them saying, like, she's been married several times. But the bottom line is, excuse me, she's going to have to take what she's earned and what she has now. And she's going to have to sell her home and reinvent and restart her life. And I'm pretty sure she's embarrassed because these prison calls have been released and they should have not been released. It's, It's a lot. Any blogger going in... You know what I'm saying? Like, she should have never said a lot of the stuff that she said on those calls. I, I guarantee you she didn't think about it, but I'm telling you what I think. I don't think she said anything to be malicious, per se, towards Steve and Marjorie. It wasn't nothing that her and Ernesto probably had not discussed in person. Because Steve Harvey is, what, $250 million Steve Harvey. Shirley Strawberry don't have his money, Okay. Charlotte Strawberry do not have Steve Harvey money. So if she felt for some reason that Marjorie looked down on her, that's how she felt. That's how she honestly felt. But that was something that that was probably a discussion between her and her husband at one time before. And it just got brought up again in that phone call. And unfortunately for her, somebody pulled the records for the phone call, put it all out. And now, you know, it's, it's something that is really, is really bad. It's really bad. And it's crazy. Now I'm looking, I had to look it up (laughs) y'all. They said her exact salary remains undisclosed. But her net worth is a testament to her success. So she has a net worth of like five million, right? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I hate this for her. I hate it. I really hate it for her because this Ernesto guy got with Shirley because Shirley has her own money. Steve Harvey's twenty two hundred and fifty million dollar Steve Harvey, but Shirley is five million. And think about what she's going to have to do to resettle her life. Because now she's thinking, I may have to, you know, sell my home. I may have to move and I may not have my job anymore. And the thing about it is this man has, his like, his whole, his whole case and every, all the mess he has, she's gotten pulled into it just because she's his spouse and she's Shirley Strawberry. And a lot of people will say, well, that's only because they're celebrities. No. I remember when I first became a nurse, one of the um, CNAs or nurse techs on our floor said, you know what, Shakia, I just want to tell you, because I was a nurse tech. 
I was a nurse tech getting ready to finish nursing school at the time. And she said, when you finish, I'm going to be honest with you. Do not tell too many of the guys that you meet that you're an RN. Be very careful who you entertain because a lot of these guys, they're just out for their own personal gain. And you will meet a lot of these people who are con artists and all they want to do is take advantage of y'all because you make a certain amount of money. And so lo and behold, she wasn't 100% wrong. When I met the twins dad, that's the first time I'd had a taste of a true con artist. A lot of the stuff that their dad was like doing and all this foolishness he had going on in his life with, you know, all his other kids and baby mamas and all that foolishness. I had no foolishness like that going on in my life. And I was just like, I'm even killed just working, taking care of myself. I met him thinking I met somebody that I could travel with. We can go to a couple of concerts and stuff together. I'm sitting here thinking this somebody that is going to be my equal that I can travel with, have fun with. I had no clue. And when I realized this joker was broke, he lied about every single thing that he did and had. It was after, after, way after I'd find out I was pregnant with twins. And I can only imagine how that lady feels because everybody look at you and call you stupid or you were just desperate. You should have known, da-da-da-da-da, because nobody gives you grace. No one gives you grace. And what I found about myself in that period of time, just like I said about Shirley, is that I was alone. And I was honestly lonely. More than I thought I was. And I dealt with somebody who was a true con artist. Somebody who came into my life because he knew that I was a nurse. But when he found out I was a travel nurse, that's when he turned it up 10 10 notches. You know, what his career was, what he did, all this, this and that. And none of the above was true. He lied about who he was to try to bait me in. And I'm going along with it because I'm just excited. I met somebody who seems like they're a real good Christian guy who wants to settle down and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, good. And, you know, he makes his own money. So we'll probably be able to travel. Like I said, take our trips, go to concerts. I'm thinking like, oh, good. Because I was ready to kick up that part of my life. You know, international travel, travel to some domestic place, like go to Vegas, go to Cali. I'm all excited. You know, we're about to go to, at the time, it was a three-peat in Miami. We about to go to some Miami Heat games, all this and that. NFL games, I love sports. Child, this nigga broke. <laughs> he can't do nothing. So I, I honestly can empathize with Shirley Strawberry. I really can because I've been in that place. And I know what it's like to be conned by somebody. You feel like a complete fool because it's like, how the hell I didn't see that? But again, it's not that it's love. A lot of people say, well, love is blind. That's not love. That's more lust. That's lust. And that is, you know, you're lusting and you're also in a place, like I said, I was lonely. And in times of loneliness, a lot of times women will get desperate. And they'll make decisions because, well, I don't want to be alone. I'm tired of being alone. And then you get picked at for being alone. Just recently, with some of the foolishness on my job, somebody texted me a very threatening, very rude text message. And she highlighted the fact that I was alone, that I was not married. Oh, you don't have a man. And so for a lot of women, you know, having a man is a badge of honor. That's a badge of honor. If you don't have one... 
You must be the lowest on the totem pole. And so that's where a lot of these women will like grasp for straws just trying to find somebody. Just somebody. And I've seen where a lot of women will choose to be with other women just because they want to have somebody. And I say, love who you love, do whatever you want to do. But the bottom line is, make sure you're true to that. Because I've seen a lot of women who are truly lesbians get hurt by women who who are just exploring. Because, well, I just, I never had nobody do nothing for me. I had, I never had nobody care about me. And, 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 and she takes care of me and she picks me up from work and she helped me get my car and she helped me with my kids. And I'm like, well, damn, did you have a mama and daddy? I mean, that sounds like a parent. And so it's, it's, it's a lot to that. It's a lot to unpack from that because a lot of times when people go out searching, they're searching for something that they didn't have. They're searching and looking for something. And so I feel bad for this lady because she got thrown in the midst of this mess with this fool. And when I listened to that call, y'all, it really ticked me off that this man with his old bigoted self really didn't give her any kind of solace. He didn't get her any kind of assurance. You know what I'm saying? As his as his as his wife, that things were going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Or you know what, Shirley, I made a mistake. Um, you know, if you got to do what you got to do, I totally understand. I apologize for getting you into this, you know, because you don't have anything to do with any of this. So even if he didn't admit his fault, he's letting her know, I apologize deeply for bringing you into this because of who you are and your name. Now I've gotten you in this mess. This man wouldn't even apologize to his wife because he didn't give a damn about her. And it's what it is. He didn't care. This is why I have said multiple times, y'all, like with that hinge situation, do not marry down. Do not marry down. Don't settle. It is better to be single to be, than to be attached to somebody that could take your whole life and, and turn it around in a very negative way. That man has messed that lady up, y'all, financially, mentally. You know, I know socially she will be excluded from several circles just from the phone call that she had with Ernesto because people are going to be like, well, she said that about Steve. And you know, people fake. They know good and well. They don't say the same stuff about Steve. But because of this association being negative, people putting all this stuff out here, now she's at risk of being excluded from certain circles. Okay. Now she's in a place where financially she may take a huge hit. She's going to have to figure out what's the best way to retire out from what she's doing and not have to, you know what I'm saying? Take too many hits with this because she's got to file for a divorce, all this other stuff. And it's Ernesto guy. He, he, oh, what you heard? What, what hell? Oh, that's Facebook. You saw that? Nigga, you know what you did. Cut it out. It's a lot to it. It's a lot to unpack to that. But that's what I was saying. You know, it's a lot. But the base of it is just don't 
don't don't don't deal with these people and marry down. You can cause yourself a whole lot of harm letting the wrong people come into your life. Because imagine the the emotional drain on this lady. And I mean, aside from financial, the emotional drain is a lot. Because you don't know, like, why can he not be around kids? Why can he not be around animals? He's not giving you any true answers. He's not admitting to anything, which he would not because he knew it, he knew it was a recorded line. But aside from that, aside from that, and I'm a, I'm a sidebar right here and say something. I got a good feeling because this lady said she needs to, when she said to him that Steve gave her the, the advice that she needed to move on and he kept asking about what Steve said and oh so he so he's saying he believe it oh he's trying to say I'm guilty he was more interested in that than anything this is what I believe don't don't you know I can't don't quote me on this but I got a good feeling he had something behind that call being leaked I mean I think we all know this (laughs) but it's quite obvious He had that call leaked. He did. I mean, honestly, of all the calls in Fulton County Jail, why was those calls, like, why would somebody, like, pull those calls and want to hear them? Now, a lot of people can say, well, all this stuff was going on. People probably wanted to hear and figure out what Shirley was saying. But I beg to differ. He was pissed off about the possibility of of Steve, sorry, what Steve was saying. He was pissed off about that. Sorry, I had to put y'all down for a second. But he was more pissed off about that than anything. And so, it leads me to believe that he could have possibly leaked that because he was pissed off. And let me explain why. Shirley did something that you should not do. Shirley did something you should never do. If you're going to leave, leave. Don't tell the nigga you're leaving. Don't tell him. She did something you should not do. She told him what she was getting ready to do. If you know... You trying to get your affairs in order. And you're not too sure about how things are going to go with this. You don't need to call and tell them. I used to feel that same way too. And there's a lot of, a lot of women, because we're talkers, uh, a lot of women feel like we need to have resolution, okay? And so here you go, telling everything. Well, I just want to let you know how I felt about it. want to let you know that I'm leaving. I'm going to be doing this and that. Ma'am, ma'am, don't tell that fool that. <laughs> Shirley, look, me, me to Shirley, Kia to Shirley. Shirley, this is Kia. Shirley, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no. Never tell a nigga like that what you're getting ready to do. Never tell him your next move. Because if he's a con artist, from that point on, he started plotting against her. The moment... She said that she talked to Steve. He asked her how she was doing and that, you know, his only advice was that she was going to have to figure out what she was going to do and, you know, and move on. 
And so he told her to just research everything, find out as much as you she could and, you know, be prepared to move on. Ernesto didn't like that. See, what Ernesto wants is for Steve to be up in his ass. Oh, he fully supports you, all this, this and that. Um, and I'm going to be 100 with it. This nigga know what he did. But he pissed off that Steve ain't going along with his mess. This is this is really what the issue is. His pain is in a wad because she told him that Steve basically let her know, you know, get as much information as you can and do what you got to do because you might you have to, you need to move on. And she let him know that, you know, she was thinking about possibly selling her home and, you know, doing what she had to do. Why would you tell this man that? <sighs> this this tells you right here that Shirley shouldn't be giving no darn advice because she can't even take her own. Shirley. <laughs> and I know a lot of times I myself give advice that I don't, I don't even use in my own life. So I, I have to take that back. Maybe it was a moment of weakness for her because she really do love the man and she cares about him. And she's, it's almost like she was trying, y'all. It's like you can hear her really trying. And it's like, Shirley, let go let go and you know it's so cliche but it's like when people say this a lot of times now but it's true Shirley honestly needed to just let go and let God she needed to let go let God and and don't 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 concern herself with what this man is doing because it it didn't it it is it, nothing to do with her Nothing. I mean, it was just, it's, to me, it was a lot that she even had to put up with hearing that stuff. You know, that your husband has so many, he has charges where he can't be around kids and animals. That in itself is embarrassing. And it would ignite a lot of fear in some women, a lot of women, like, what was he doing? I sleep with this man. You know, I don't know if he's done something to me or given me a disease or even at that. Has he touched my grandchildren? Has he done something to children that have been in my family or around me? And so that's where it should ignite a lot of fear. It would ignite a lot of fear because what in the world? She is grasping for straws here, y'all. She's afraid because I don't know if he hurt somebody in my circle. And number two, this to me sounds like a woman who's also like, I don't want to be by myself. I'm afraid to move on. But then again, I also know that with a lot of women like myself, when stuff happened, I want answers. I want answers because I'm trying to figure out how in the world did I miss this? And I feel like she just wants answers and he's not going to be able to give her the answers that she wants. He's not. And that's unfortunate. (laughs) That's very unfortunate because she wants to know what happened, how it happened. And he's not able to do that because for one, he would incriminate himself. And two, he's a narcissist. He is not going to tell you what he did. He know full and well what he did and who he did it with and when he did it and how he did it. But he's not going to be honest with you. 
because number one, he would incriminate himself and he's only thinking about himself. <clears throat> so let's do a recap because we got to wrap, wrap this up because we had 28 minutes. <clears throat> number one, don't date down, don't settle. Settling <clears throat> can lead to a lot of problems. A lot of problems like you could be bringing someone into your into your home, into your family. They could mess over your grandkids, your kids, um, mess over your family members. And it's not just pedophiles. You have people that will con people. They could be so close around you and your family members. You say, for instance, you are y'all are so relaxed. Somebody leaves their purse out. And that person goes and gets that person's social security number or or any of their credit card numbers. And they're, you know what I'm saying? Buying stuff on them, getting stuff in their name. You got to be very careful because people like that, that's what they do. All they do is try to find more and more ways to live their best life on somebody else's dime. And then number two, if you are in a situation like this lady is in, and you need to leave, don't tell. Do not say a word. A lot of times in domestic violence, like relationships, those women a lot of times are reaching for straws. They're reaching, they're um, grasping for straws, and they're really crying out for help. And sometimes a lot of those women just want to be loved. And as much as it sounds crazy that, oh my God, why would you want someone who's an abuser, who's beating you, who's harming you? They have a cry out. They have a cry out because they feel so just, I don't know, just so broken that they just can't see their lives without that person. But when they muster up the strength to finally leave, how many of us know how lethal it is to that woman or man to tell that spouse that they're leaving? If that person is that, is that abusive, they will kill you. And it will behoove you not to leave, not to tell them, sorry, not to tell them that you're going to leave. So in any case, even if that person is not abusive, they're uh, an Ernesto, a, uh, a con artist, no matter what the case is, even if you're married to a cheater and you don't caught that person red handed right in the middle of what they're doing, never tell your left hand what the right is doing. Never, never tell that person that you're planning to do this, this, this and that. And honestly, you may want to keep what you're doing close, close by, like you're not telling too many people that are in your circle because the people that's in your circle are also in your spouse's circle. So you don't want to a lot of times even alert them. If you have somebody that you know that's outside of that circle that you trust, especially in a domestic violence case, and you're trying to get out of that area and get away from that person, that's who you trust to help you move and get the hell away. But when it comes down to cheaters and, and, and people like Ernesto's, like these manipulators and narcissists and con artists. Girl, don't be telling them people what you're about to do. Don't tell them what, you, what you're about to do because I'm going to tell you something about con artists and, malipula, and not malipa, manipulators. They can be deadly too. They, be, they can be quite deadly because you have to think about the fact that you're their bread and butter. 
If you're their bread and butter and they are in in danger of losing your income, oh, they can be dangerous too. Even if that person has not been abusing you in the past, they may flip when they realize I'm not going to have her income. I'm not going to have his income. That's where you have SNAP. That's where you have deadly wives, deadly husbands. You know what I'm saying? That's where you have those shows on investigative discovery. That's where you get that because you don't want to tell them what you're doing. Because in any case with an abuser, they're not going to let you leave because they want to have their, they want to have their control over you continuously with someone who you're the breadwinner. You're the person who's doing everything please do not let them know what you're doing. Play it safe. Keep your plans outside of your normal circle because it's always somebody willing to run their mouth. Always. Please keep it out of your normal circle, okay? I remember when somebody I knew was um, going through a situation with their husband and I can't remember if they had caught, oh, the husband was cheating. And he had been cheating before or whatever. But there was a new person that came up and all this other stuff was going on with this new person. And the person had had a discussion with their family members, several family members about what their plan was to leave and what they were going to get. And it was a discussion where the family members had sat and talked to this, you know, woman and told her what they thought would be best for her to do. And so somebody at that, you know, meeting, discussion, went back and was talking to somebody else. And that person went back and was telling people and it got back to that husband. See, this is why you keep those discussions under wrap. You don't want the wrong people knowing what you're getting ready to do. Because that cousin or friend or, you know what I'm saying, sister or brother, that's that's cool with you they're real close to your spouse and they could disagree with you leaving because on the outside everything seems to be going perfectly well to them and they can't understand why you're trying to leave so because they can't understand it and don't know how to mind their own damn business they'll go over there and tell your spouse well you know jenny told me that you know she gonna be leaving you and here is the dog on fire. Here you done set the whole situation on fire. You done set and told. And you know, there was a situation when I worked at the heart hospital here where one of the nurses that I worked with was killed by her husband. And I honestly feel that it was a situation where somebody put that man on to what that lady was doing. And I don't know if she was planning to leave or what the situation was. But if you have somebody who is a massive manipulator and they're narcissistic, you cannot just leave them and tell everybody what you're doing. You can't even tell them what you're doing. Like I said, you really honestly, if you're going to leave, leave (laughs) and get you a plan together. But don't tell everybody what you're doing. Because it just, it rings so many alarms for that person and it can make it very uncomfortable and very dangerous for you. That's all I have. Um, I just, maybe we'll do another discussion about this. I'm not too sure, but I'm over it right now because 
It took a lot to talk about that. Child, who wants to talk about manipulators? But I, I really, I really hope and pray that Shirley Strawberry gets to a good place. People are going to knock her down and over the head because how can you give advice? You think you this, you think you that, you this, you that. But I'm going to be honest with you. I've been black since 21082 and I've been a one, I've been a female since I was in the womb in 21082. Um but bottom line, I think a lot of women can relate to what she's going through where she just kind of reaching, hoping that it's not true hoping that he gives her some sense of security, some sense of closure, um, that maybe he can say something that makes, that kind of reassures her that it's okay. And it's not because he only cares about himself. And, you know, what she said about Steve, it was no big deal. It wasn't because I'm gonna tell y'all, so I'm gonna tell y'all the honest to God truth. Okay. Steve ain't gonna say this. He may later, but he ain't going to say it right now. See, Steve and Marjorie got a whole lot of stuff going on about stuff they got in the headlines now, too. About Marjorie cheating on him. They're getting a divorce, blah, 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 blah. That's their main concern. But when all this stuff broke about Ernesto, you ain't going to lie to me and tell me that Steve and Marjorie ain't had no discussions about Shirley and Ernesto. You ain't going to sit here and tell me they ain't had no private discussions about that. Okay? Oh, they had some discussions. It just didn't get out. So, I feel that Steve was more so willing to just let it go. But it's just like all of this stuff is coming on them at the same time. Like, he's overwhelmed because this person is coming out saying this stuff, like showing that Shirley said this, 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 and that. This is why I believe what I believe, and I'm going to say this and go, that Ernesto helped put that out. That's my opinion. That's where I'm going to go with it because Steve had a lot of stuff going on already, okay, with stuff with Marjorie. You add in this thing where Shirley was just, you know, joking and saying whatever, Now it's like, you know, it's just adding to the fire. Somewhat. Because a lot of people thought that way. A lot of people thought that of Marjorie anyway. There are a lot of people who in the blogs talked about her in a negative light. And that she was that type of person. You know, she was real snooty. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of people felt that that's who Marjorie honestly is. Okay? Now, I don't think that's the big issue with what Shirley said. I'm telling you this points right back to Ernesto because if you listen to the call, he was more concerned about what Steve said about the situation. He was way more concerned about that than apologizing to Shirley. He didn't give two Fs what Shirley thought. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember him ever asking her what she thought. (laughs) I don't remember hearing him. Maybe I missed that part of the call, but... From the call that I heard, I don't remember him ever asking her what she thought of the whole situation. Are you okay? You know, I apologize for you having to go through all of this. I hope you have a lot of support there with you. He was way more concerned about what Steve had to say. And he got offended 
when Shirley let him know that Steve had told her that she needed to get all of the information that she could get and really read into what was going on and prepare to leave, prepare to go on about her business. So to Ernesto, that was a slap in his face. Oh, Steve gonna tell you to leave me? That's all he heard. And so that's why I got to say, y'all, I'm telling you, this whole call, everything being leaked, ain't none of this stuff just by chance. Ernesto sitting behind bars, doing what he do best, okay? Being a pole pimp, okay? All he doing, and he nine times out of ten looking to see how he can get some kind of money on his books or something. But the bottom line is, somebody wanted that exclusive. Ernesto knew who to call because he dirty. He a scam artist. He knew who to call to get it out. The person that leaked that whole tape or whatever the calls, he knew. He knew who to call. He knew how to get it out there. Everybody like with the employee from Fulton County Jail should be under investigation. This man knew how to get the information out there. Okay? He knew how to get it out there. He may have talked to the employee himself and said, look, you want to make some extra money? I know how to get you some extra money because it's some phone calls where I got Shirley talking about Steve and Marjorie Harvey with all the shit that's going on right now. Who you don't think want to get some money on them calls? Who you think they don't want to get some money on them calls, y'all? Ernesto did this. I don't care what nobody say. I know a manipulator and a narcissist because I've dealt with one, okay? I've lived with one and I have children with one. And I know they will stop at nothing when they feel like somebody comes against them. And because he was pissed off that Steve did not side with him and that Steve basically told her, move on, I'm telling you, I'm trying to leave, but I got to give this little tidbit. I remember, and that's why I'm telling you, never tell these people what you're going to do. When I was pregnant with the twins, and I remember telling the twins' dad that I just didn't feel comfortable because it was a lot of stuff he had going on. I didn't understand why he had so much strife in his life, so much, um, you know, a lot of back and forth arguing with these people, all this stuff, you know. You got stuff going on in your job. You got stuff going on in your family. I said, you got too much stuff going on. And I, I didn't have this. I said, you need to figure out what you're going to do, but you got too much going on in your life. And you're bringing all that drama over here. And I ain't had that. And so I remember that their dad used to dock my phone calls. He didn't like me to talk to my mama. He didn't like me to talk to my best friends. Um, any of my friends from like college or my sorrows, he didn't like for me to talk to nobody. It was a whole, who you talking to? What are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about me. What did they say about me? Oh, why why they said that about me? People who are massive manipulators and con artists like that, I'm telling you, they will alienate you from people. They will try to find ways to get you to turn on people that are actually there for you. That's why I'm telling y'all point blank, period. Stay away. Stay away because you will lose more than you gain, way more than you gain. I've had to go through so much 
even though I have the love of my kids, it's been difficult because their dad doesn't really help like he could and should. And so everything is on me. And I think about that a lot when it comes to different jobs and different opportunities. I don't have his support. You know, I have to rely on my mom and my stepdad a lot with Pam and Peyton. And they can say that it doesn't seem like it's a lot, but it is. Because a lot of times I don't get to... I don't get to work to my full potential or take the opportunities that I really would love to because I have kids. And I don't blame Pam and Peyton for that. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I know that if I never had them, I wouldn't be in South Carolina. I would have been on the West Coast because that's where I really wanted to migrate to and live. Um, But I also know that they've enriched my lives in so many different ways. And so what I've had to learn is just to try to work around the barriers. And motherhood can be very, very rewarding, but it can be very, very trying when you have to do it alone. And you have to have more, more support than people try to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want no pats on the back. I don't want no little um, pep talk. You doing the best. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that I don't get angry. And I know I'm not upset that there are things that I really wanted to do that I don't get to do. You know what I'm saying? That like there are career moves that I really wanted to take that I can't. There are personal things that I really would like to do that I can't because I have children. and I have to look out for them. And so it's not like it's a, a bed of roses, but it's something that I have to work around. So now you look at it from that standpoint with this woman. It's sad. This lady is worth $5 million. She might lose her money. But aside from losing her money, she might lose her mind. Because she's going to have a whole lot more stuff that's going to come from this that she had nothing to do with. Just by being attached to the wrong person. Be careful out there, y'all. Stay in prayer. Pray for one another. As long as, as much as we pray for ourselves, let's pray for one another because the devil is busy. And um, we really need to pray for one another. I just, I really hate that that happened to her. I really do. I don't know her from a can of paint. Um, but aside from her money, I just feel like mentally that's a huge a huge chunk away. I know what I felt like. I could understand how she would feel because you do have a lot to lose. People could sit and say, well, you know, you more fortunate than others. Shut up. It does not mean that you do not lose. And it does not mean that you don't suffer your losses. And I feel so bad for her because this man really did not care for her. And I'm telling y'all, you ain't got to believe me. It's going to come out. He leaked them phone calls. I mean, if he didn't leak them himself, he knew who to talk to in that jail to get that put on. That's all I'm going to say. Because that man was way more concerned about what was said about him than how his wife felt about him. How she was actually doing throughout that whole process. He killed two Fs how that lady was doing. And, I mean, he didn't care. He was too busy trying to fill out what Steve said about him. And that's all I got to say on that, y'all. But again, let's all stay in prayer.
Let's try to keep each other in a good space and and be there for one another. And I pray that we all can continue to shine bright.